guys. Here it is. We've been talking about relationships, you know, real talk. For the last six weeks, we were talking about relationship with God, and we talked about relationship with friends and parents, and now it's time to have the week that we talk about sex. This is the week. Now, I know some of you, may, you're sitting there and your eyes are wide, and I know what's happening. You're probably like a little nervous. You're like, I'm not totally sure if I'm ready for this. I don't know what it's going to be like, but let me assure you, okay, here's the deal. This is going to be a conversation, the start of a conversation, not a lecture. I don't want you guys feeling like this is like something that it's like, oh my gosh, like this is awkward. And it is, maybe it's going to be awkward for somebody. And that's okay. That's totally okay. But it, it's, it should be a conversation, not a lecture. The hope is that what we start talking about here, we're going to talk about in life groups. Hopefully that you guys will be able to go and talk to your parents about it. Like there is a place to have conversations like this. And now here's the thing. You might be like, I already feel awkward. I think there's some people in the room who's like, I already feel like awkward about this. Uh, you know, this is like the kind of like the blush, big eyes, elbow your neighbor kind of moment. Like, I can't believe we're talking about this. Some of you are probably thinking, what's the big deal? We're talking about sex? Like, I know, like I know stuff. Like I've seen Lego movie. Like I, I know things about, you know, all this topic. I'm going to be, I know tons. I know, t I have Instagram. I know tons of stuff about this. And some of you might be thinking, this is it. This is the moment. I've been coming to JHM for a while. Now they're going to tell me all the things that I can't do and how bad I am if I do them and, you know, all these mean, terrible things. And that's just not what today's about. Here's my hope. I want to be very honest with you. Uh, I'm going to share a little bit of story. I'm going to share some stuff from the Bible. But the hope is that we can walk away and have a different perspective of sex and what it is and why it is. And we get to learn a little bit from God about, you know, that whole deal. So uh, here's the thing. Um, some people have a very, uh, uh, especially when it comes to church studies, we have a very poor way of talking about sex. It's usually one of two ways. Typically, um, what happens is some people completely ignore the subject at all costs. Some people do that. They ignore it at all costs. They don't want to talk about it at all, which isn't healthy or helpful because people are curious. They have questions about it, especially you guys. And some people, they talk about how bad sex is. Sex is bad. You should never talk about it. You should never think about it. You should never be curious about it. You should never ask questions about it. Uh, you should never do anything about it until you get married, of course, and then sex is okay. And that really, it's like, it's unhealthy for us to have that perspective. Like sex is something that we can talk about. We don't talk about it that often, but we should, and that's an okay thing. And the idea that sex is bad just isn't true. Sex isn't bad. You know, if you have your notes with you, if you have a note paper, uh, grab a Bible, grab a pen, because we're gonna discuss some stuff and I want you to be able to take notes. You know, the pursuit of what's true has been something that people have pursued their entire lives. What's true and what's false? You know, in the Bible, even in like the, the time that they were putting Jesus on trial, they, you know, this is like the very like in the gospels, they're like trying to crucify him. It's, uh, it's in John 18, Pilate, you know, this guy who's kind of like the judge, you know, the, the one in charge of the city. Even he asked the question, what's true in regards to this person? You know, even when it came to Jesus, they were trying to figure out what's true. You know, every topic God cares about, and God cares about the topic of sex, he wants us to figure out what's true, not what's rumor, not what's gossip, not what people have talked about or hinted about, or you've seen photos or a magazine article, or pay, you, 
We want to talk about what's true when it comes to sex. Yeah, Tobias, you know. And I, we want to talk about it because here's the truth, okay? And I want you to write this down. Sex is good and sex is powerful. Now, I know you're thinking, well, well hold on a second. Well, sex is good. Sex is powerful. Well, I don't understand what you're saying or where you're going with this. I'm going to explain the whole thing. But I want to start with this, that sex is good and that sex is powerful. Now, here's the thing. Why do I say that sex is good? Well, this is the reason I say sex is good. Because God created it. Everything God creates is good. There's nothing that God created that is bad or wrong. When God created the heavens and the earth, it was good. When he created the earth that we live on, it's good. When he created the animals that, you know, we eat, like, it was really good. When he created the animals that we pet, that was really good. When he created the animals that we pet, that we sometimes eat, that's really good. Like, he created all this stuff, it was good. When he created us, it was very good. And God, like all those other things, created sex to be good. Now, here's the thing. Just like with everything God created, people misuse it and misunderstand it and use it the way it wasn't intended it to be used. Now, you know, you know this, like, we have this planet that God created, but like we polluted and like we destroyed and we messed it up. Like we have animals and animals are great and they're good. Some people abuse animals. How terrible is that? Abusing an animal? And you know, we God created us, but we don't always treat each other good. We don't always get treated good by other people. And the same thing happens with sex. God created sex to be good, but it's not always treated the way God intended it. You know, when God made sex, he intended it for a purpose. For marriage between a husband and a wife, it actually says it in Genesis that you know a man marries his wife and they leave their house and they are fruitful. So essentially, a guy marries a girl. They don't move into their parents' basement. They go and they get their own house and they live in their own life and they're being fruitful, which means they're having sex. And then kids come from that. It's a real thing that happens. And the Bible doesn't talk vaguely about it. It's actually very honest. The Bible's honest about it. The thing that happens is we get uncomfortable talking about it. And because we don't talk about it and we don't understand it, we often misuse or misunderstand what God means when it comes to sex. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I want you to write this down. This is what it says. Knowing that sex is good is true and should remove some but not all curiosity. You know, being curious is not a bad thing. I'm a curious guy. Uh, last year, I was sitting with a student. He was there with his mom, all right? This kid was curious about sex, which isn't a bad thing. It's not weird to be curious about sex. So what does a curious kid do if they're curious about sex? Like he didn't really feel comfortable asking his mom questions, so he hopped on Google and started Googling stuff. So this mom, I know, whoa. So this mom, she's hopping on the computer. This kid's a dope. You know, he didn't, you know, he, he didn't know what's going on. And so the mom hops on the computer, and she's looking at the search history, and her eyes are, like, bulging out of her head. She's losing her brain. She doesn't know what to do. So the only thing she thought would be a good idea was to print off the entire list, get her son, put him in the car, drive him to church, get in my office, and talk with me. And I was sitting there, and I don't know what the conversation's about. She's like, Justin, you got, you got to help me have this conversation with him. He, he look at all the things he's searching about sex. And I look at the list, and it wasn't like a, you know, it was, an, it was normal curiosity, you know, 12-year-old boy stuff. I'm like, all right, like, he's curious about it. Have you guys talked about this stuff? Mom's like, no, no, we haven't talked about any of this stuff. I'm like, where should I start? And I'm like, start with this list. Just start talking about this stuff. Like, it's like, it's not weird to be curious. Now, here's the thing, though. Sometimes we're curious because we don't know anything. 
Now, we don't know anything because we're not asking questions, and most of the time we're not asking questions because we don't know who to ask questions of. Why? Because it's a topic we don't talk a lot about. You know, if we were talking about prayer or serving, if we were talking about reading our Bibles or forgiveness, like we talk about that stuff a ton. You guys know who to go to if you have questions about prayer or the Bible or serving or forgiveness. But we don't talk about sex enough, not just at church, we don't talk about it a lot at home sometimes. So when we have questions, we don't know who to go to. You know, here's the thing about curiosity. Here's the thing about curiosity. Uh, it's something that's worth having, it's worth being curious, and it's worth talking about that curiosity with the right people. You know, this is what it says in Proverbs. It's not on the screen, but I have it written down here. Proverbs 11, 14. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in many advisors. This is what he's saying. He's saying that there's there's safety in having people you can go to. That knowledge and knowing stuff, knowledge is power. You know, when people don't know stuff, like it's easy for them to be taken advantage of. Like if you don't know stuff about sex, like it's easy for us to be taken advantage of. You know, so who do we go to when we have questions or when we're curious? Well, sometimes we don't feel comfortable going to parents, but yet they're like the, some of the best people to go to. They have experience in this. They know stuff about it. Like pastors are good people to go to. Leaders that care for you, your life group leaders, those are good people to go to. But sometimes it's really hard to like work up like the courage to do it. But here's the thing. Hopefully, you will get some courage today because you're going to have some ideas. You're going to be able to ask some questions. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I think some papers have been passed out. This is why you have these colored papers. We want you to feel free to write questions because there, through this lesson especially, there's going to be things you're curious about. And then at the end, we're going to get some leaders and some staff up here. We're going to collect the questions. They're all anonymous. You don't need to write your name. Please don't write your name. And we're going to answer, hopefully, as many questions as we can get through. But I, I want to keep going. So... Here's the other thing. Sex also is powerful, not meant to be power used over you. You know, here's what that means. Sex is a powerful thing. It's not to be taken lightly. It's not a, a light thing to do. It's not an easy thing to decide. It, it's, it's not meant for people who are dating or engaged. It's not meant for kids. It's, it's meant for people who are married. And because of how powerful it is, sometimes people will use that power or try and use that over you. Now, let me give you some examples. People will use sex to, you know, manipulate people sometimes. They'll use sex to get what they want out of people. You know, sometimes people know that, like, because sex is good, like, people, like, have a desire for that kind of, like, thing. So because of that, they use that to kind of get what they want out of people, and it's never good. And here's the other thing that happens. Because, like, sex is such a powerful thing, it tends, when you misunderstand it and you misuse it, you tend to gather labels surrounded around sex. Now, you guys know what I'm talking about. Like, when, like, they're at school and, like, you know, gossip is going around school of that girl and, and what, you know, she's willing to go that far with a guy or, or, you know, boys and, you know, the gossip's like, oh, man, that guy, like, he got to that base with that girl. Like, or, like, the other way. Like, you aren't the kind of person that wants to, like, do that. So you actually get bullied the other way. And here's the thing about labels. Sometimes labels, and I'm not a big label person, I actually think they're terrible, but sometimes it's labels that we earn because we've made bad decisions. That's totally a real thing. 
or it's a label that's been imposed on you by someone else. That's not a good thing either. But sometimes we think, well, you know what we should do? We should like help kind of figure out some of this label stuff. You know, and you know, you think, you know, guys like, man, I want to I want to help. Like I want to help girls like, you know, lose their labels. Like I'm a caring guy with a big heart that just, you know, wants the best for people and I, you know, I maybe I can pray with her. Maybe I can talk with her. And here's that's a terrible idea. And girls, like we sometimes do the same thing. Well, that boy, like I know he has a reputation like that, but you know, I can change him. He could be different if he was with me. You know, it never works when we do that. Let me tell you why. Uh, Before I was a Christian, a follower of Jesus, uh, I made really bad mistakes, like, in my life. And this is why I know that there are mistakes, okay? Uh, Before I got married, like, when I was in high school, uh, that's when I had sex for the first time. I obviously was not married. And it happened in high school, and it happened, like, you know, more throughout my life, actually, because I wasn't a follower of Jesus, and I made a lot of mistakes. And there were girls that I dated throughout that time that was like, oh, well, no, no, no. And they were really good girls. They're like, no, no, we can change Justin. We can, he can be different if he was with us. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I dated these girls, and I was not a good boyfriend to them. Like, we broke up, and, like, it was, it did not end well. It was not good because we can't change each other. The only one who can change us is Jesus. This is what it says in the Bible. It's not going to be on the screen, but here it is out of 2 Corinthians. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. You know, the only person that can change the labels that we have is Jesus. We can't do that ourselves. We could try. You could try to help someone else with theirs. It doesn't work. Only Jesus can do it. And because we don't get that sometimes, we spin our wheels and do all this stuff and it never works. And here's the problem, here's the problem. We always think like, well, you know, sex like that, you know, that's just so far away, that's just never gonna happen to me. You know, what, what, can, I, but, you know, what can I do to like make sure I'm like doing the right stuff? Like what do I, how, what can I do to make sure I don't fall into it? And that's what we think sometimes, that we just fall into it. You know, you never just fall into sex. Sex just doesn't just happen. It's like a progression. You know, there's this, uh, there's these two teams of people, they were going uh, and trying to get to the South Pole. Like these two teams, these two guys in like the 1900s. They're trying to get to the South Pole. And both of them had a very different strategy how to get there. The one team, their strategy was, regardless of the weather, we're going to go and, you know, travel on as far as we can every day. If the weather's bad, you know, we'll kind of stay in our tents and be warm. But if the weather's good, we're going to go as many miles as we can, as far as we can, for as long as we can. The other team, their strategy was, you know, we're just going to go 20 miles a day, regardless of the weather, regardless of how nice or how bad it is outside, how cold or how warm, doesn't matter. Every day we're going to go 20 miles. Who do you think got to the South Pole first? 20 miles. It's called the 20-mile march. It's the idea that you don't get to where you're going just by waking up and doing it. You get to where you're going because every day you give a little bit and you take a step and you put a little more into it and you go a little further and every day it's a step in the right direction. It's called the 20 mile march. Now here's the thing, sometimes we do the opposite. We take steps in the wrong direction every day. Every day like we go like in the wrong direction, but you get the idea of this. Like this is a sports thing. You guys get the idea in sports. If you woke up and you're like, I wanna be an athlete, 
The next day, you don't just go join varsity or club. Like, you wake up and you work out and you work hard and you practice and you play games and you get better and you improve. The same thing happens with school. If you're like, I want to be a straight-A student, you don't just wake up and get straight A's. You wake up and you study hard and you work hard and you put more into it. The same thing happens with sex. Like, you don't wake up and say, today's the day I'm going to have sex. Like, it's going to happen today. Like, you, no one plans for that. Like, it doesn't just happen. Like, it, you've, it's a progression. You know, there's a healthy progression. You know, take me. I'm a good example of this. When, when I met Jesus and it changed my life and I was a different kind of person, I looked at relationships and sex in a completely different way, I went about it the right way. I met a girl. I started dating her. It was awesome. And then we got engaged. And then we got married. And that's where sex is for marriage. So we got married. And then we were having sex. And then we had a baby. And it was Beckett. He's awesome. And you know what? And that's like step for like, so if you want another baby, you just go back to the last step and you just do it all over again. And like, I remember, it was, because, it was, because sex was made for that. It's a progression. But here's the thing. You guys aren't equipped to take that kind of progression. You sometimes, we take progression in the wrong way. We go the wrong direction with it. Here's what I want you guys to, uh, to see. Uh, we're going to open up our Bibles and we're going to talk about this because sex is good and sex is powerful. And we're going to get to learn exactly what that means. It's in the book of Psalms, or not Psalms, Proverbs chapter 7. It's going to be right up here on the screen. I want you to flip to it. This is the story we're going to look at today. It's in your red Bibles, page 622. This is so good. It's one of my favorite Bible stories. And this is why it's so good. A guy named Solomon wrote this. And he wrote it as a story. So this isn't something that actually happened. This is Solomon giving this story an example to all of us. Now, a little backstory on Solomon real quick. Uh, he was going to be king of Israel. God spoke to him and said, you know, I'll give you anything you want like as a gift for the being the king of Israel. I can give you all the riches. You can be the richest king ever. I can give you all of your enemies who will be delivered to you. You'll have no enemies. They'll all be dead. Uh, I'll give you whatever you want. And Solomon said, you know what I'd like? I'd like wisdom. I'd like to be the wisest person ever. I'd like wisdom to discern people's motives. I would like wisdom to discern people's heart and intention. I'd like wisdom to be able to discern situations and give wise counsel to people and be able to be wise enough to receive counsel. Like he was a really wise guy and he shared this story to help us understand the idea of sex and what progression looks like. So this is what it says in your Bibles, verse 22, uh, no, starting with verse number six. Uh, this is what he said. While I was at the window of my house, looking through the curtain, I saw, a, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. So I want to explain this. Uh, when he's talking about this young guy who lacked common sense, this is what he means. It, the young people lack wisdom, like they're just not as smart as they could be. And the reason is because they lack two very important things, time and experience. That's what wisdom is. And they don't have a lot of wisdom. They lack time and experience. And we all lack time and experience. Some people would look at me as a 31-year-old with one kid and say, Justin, you lack time and experience. Like, you're still young. And it's true, I am. But you guys are definitely still young. So he's seeing this guy, you know, telling the story of seeing this guy, and he's in town, and here's what he's trying to teach. It's not going to be on the screen yet, but it will be. I want to set you up for it. He's, he's setting up the fact that our direction, not our intention, determines our destination. It's not on the screen yet, but it will be, it will be eventually. We're not there yet. But I want to set that in your mind right now. So here's the deal. This is what it says, moving on to verse number eight. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman 
strolling down the path by where, by her house. It was twilight in the evening as deep darkness fell. See, here's what he's getting across to us, all right? And this is like a bad Disney movie. This is like, like anti-Disney movie, okay? The, and there's no, this isn't the princess with the long hair and the, you know, the guy who's the prince. Like, this is the anti-Disney. This is terrible. Because this guy is just strolling down, you know, the street kind of like a dope. And there's this woman there with bad intentions who's kind of lurking. And he's just kind of walking around and it's dark out. And, you know, he just kind of, found you know, just walking and there she is. And here's the point I want to get to. This is what I want to get to. It's going to be on the screen. I want you to write this down. You don't get anywhere all at once. You get there one step at a time. That's what Solomon is seeing in this guy. He is seeing the beginning of this guy's journey. Now, here's the thing. If you are someone who feels you're at the end of a journey, you can look back and see all the steps you took to get there. If you are looking back and saying, man, like, look at all the things that happened that got me where I am today. Or if you're at the beginning of your journey, you know that the end of your journey is not tomorrow. The end of what you're doing is not tomorrow. Like, it's all a step one at a time in a direction. Now, here's the thing that we sometimes forget. Uh, he maybe was not looking for trouble. Maybe he didn't wake up that day and was like, you know what, today's the day I'm gonna go find some woman and I'm gonna have sex today. Like that maybe wasn't what he was thinking. Like he didn't wake up and say, today I'm gonna cause some trouble, I'm gonna make some mistakes today. That maybe wasn't his deal at all. Like he just woke up and he's walking around. And, but here's the thing. Remember, direction, not your intention, determines your destination. So we're going to keep moving. This is what it says in verse 10. The woman approached him seductively, dressed and sly of heart. She was brash, rebellious type, never content to stay at home. She's often in the streets and the markets, soliciting at every corner. Now, because sex is good and because sex is powerful, she uses that as a tool to manipulate this guy. That's exactly what it is. That's what the story says. I'm not making this up. This is in the Bible. Because sex is good and because sex is powerful, she's using it as a tool to manipulate this guy. It's a real thing that's happening. And here's the thing. Because it's, like, so effective, like, this guy can't think straight. Like, when sex stuff's involved, we very rarely can think straight. If it's Maybe something we see on a screen, on our phone, or on our computer. It's a picture we see. Maybe it's a text message we get. Like, when, whenever sex is involved, we can never truly think straight the way we would, like, other times. You know, I think this guy, like, I don't think he's a bad guy. I just don't think he's thinking straight. Because I think sex confuses things. Because sex is good, and it is powerful. And because of that, it confuses us. Like, we don't, we're not able to think straight when it's all happening. And here's, here's where we go next. Verse 13. So she finds this guy. She sees him. Verse 13. She threw her arms around him, kissed him, and with a brazen look, she said, I've just made my peace offerings, which doesn't make sense to you right now, uh, and fulfilled my vows. You're the one I was looking for. I came out to find you, and here you are. See, now here's the thing. What do you think this guy's thinking? This guy's probably thinking, like, oh my gosh, I hit the lottery. Like, I'm a lucky guy. Like, this girl, good looking, she came and found me. She sought me out. I, she, and here's what's really happening. This guy's probably feeling maybe something he hasn't felt in a while. Man, someone finds me attractive. Like, 
Like, I'm desirable, I'm accepted by someone, they want to be, I'm not forcing this person to give me attention, they want to give me attention. Sometimes it feels like good attention, right? Like, and that's probably what he's thinking. He's probably thinking, this is awesome, this is working great, I'm a hero. Like, does anyone else see, like, I just, I must look great today? That's what he's thinking. Now, here's what's so hard, though. Here's what's so hard. Not all attention is good attention when it comes to sex. Not all attention is good attention when it comes to sex. See, here's the thing. Uh, Sometimes, when it comes to sex, and it comes to attention, you will find yourself getting attention from someone that you don't want. And they're gonna want things that you don't wanna give. You know, you will find that happening when it comes to sex. You'll also find giving attention. You will find yourself giving attention in hopes of getting attention back from someone. Either you're getting attention you don't want to give, get, or you're giving attention in hopes of getting something in return. You know, that's what we make sex when we're not ready. Like, we make it a very transactional thing. And then we stress out about it. Then we lose our minds. Because when we use t- sex as, like, this attraction tool, then we're nervous. We're, you know, well, you know, this guy, he says he likes me, and, you know, this is what I did, but, but now he's talking to this other girl, and, you know, now I kind of want to kill her, and I don't know what to do. Or, you know, guys, it's like, well, you know, this girl, she said she liked me, that I was the only one, but, you know, she hasn't liked any of my photos, and, and now maybe I'm not worthwhile. And, and it throws us in, like, this spiral because we're looking for attention in the wrong ways in a time and on a topic that we're not really ready for. You know when you're ready for like sex to be part of your thing where when attention is good when it comes to sex? When you're married. Any time before you're married, it is not healthy and it does not work. It complicates things and it ruins things. You know, I wish I could go back to my younger self and make different decisions. I remember the path that I was on when I was having sex when I was before I was a Christian, before I was married. I remember that. I wish I could go back to my younger self and say, don't do that. You're making a mistake. You think that you're just having fun right now, but you don't know like, the implications of what you're doing. Because now being married, I regret that I made all those mistakes. Because when it comes to being married, that's where you want attention. Like, that's healthy attention when it comes to sex. I give my wife attention. She gives me, I'm the only one giving her attention. She's the only one giving me attention. It's positive attention because we're married. And I'm not worried thinking she's, that this isn't going to work out. Because it is going to, because we're married. And that's how it was meant to be. That is why God made it good. But we mess that up sometimes. You know, here's the thing. This is what it says. I want you to write this down, uh, or not write this down. I'm actually going to give you a summary, and then we're going to get on to the next verse. Uh, verses 16 through 20, basically, uh, are him, or, you know, her kind of selling him on the idea of going back to her house and having sex. That's what those verses are about. So we're going to skip ahead to verse 21. This is what it says. So she seduced him, and with her pretty speech enticed him with flattery, and he followed her at once. Now, this is what, you know, he, you know, she's probably thinking. She's thinking, like, oh, man, like, I won. Like, I got him. Like, this worked. And he's probably thinking, man, this is great. I'm following this woman. Like, this is going to be awesome. Like, I've made the right. And no one just falls into sex. It's always, like, a decision at a time. Like, it's the, the, the decisions we make. Our, our direction, not our intention, determines our destination. Now, here's the thing. She's probably thinking, like, this is awesome. He's probably thinking, this is awesome, too. But Solomon, the wisest guy, as he's seeing this, this is what he says. He follows her all at once, not like a rock star having the time of his life, not like a celebrity, not like a stud who just, you know, the just total hero and everyone just thinks he's great. 
Not like, oh man, he's so lucky, what a great, this is what he says. Followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap, waiting for an arrow to pierce his heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. So listen to me, my sons, and pay attention to my words. Don't let your heart stray away from her. Don't wander down her wayward path. For she has been the ruin of many. Many men have been her victims. Her house is a road to the grave. Her bedroom is a den of death. Now here's the thing. It's going to be on the screen. Our direction, not our intention, determines our destination. You may think, no, 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 like, this is never going to happen to me. Like, I'm never going like, to wake up and just do that. No, no, no. no one ever wakes up and just does that. But you take steps along the way that gets you there. Like you, you have boundaries or you make decisions. You say, no, no, I'm never going to be that girl. I'm never going to be that guy. I'm never going to do that thing. Listen, I did all of that. I'm tell- I want to be honest with you. I went to church when I was in junior high. I went to church when I was in high school. Like, I stopped going to church when I was 16, and from 16 to 19 before I came back to Jesus, 16, 19, I made a lot of bad decisions. And I remember all the lessons I learned in junior high, and I remember all the lessons I learned in high school, and I remember all the mistakes I made from 16 to 19. And I remember it wasn't just a day, it was all these little decisions that I make, little boundaries that I'll say, oh, I'm never going to cross that. I'm never going to do that. That's never going to be me. But see, it was the direction that I was on, not what I intended to do that determined where I ended up. You, know, you might be that person. Maybe you are. Maybe you're the person who has experience with some of this stuff to some level. You've experienced with some of this sex stuff. You know, and you've like, created boundaries. Or, you know, maybe you have a line that you just know you're not going to cross. You know, maybe it's been with a guy or with a girl, or maybe it's been like an online thing, like a texting thing or a photo thing, and maybe you're feeling pressured into it. Maybe you've been pressured into it, which is terrible, and maybe you're the one who's doing the pressuring. You know, here's the thing. This is what I believe. I believe it never just starts like, like extreme. It always starts small. It starts with like a guy and a girl who are just like, you know, they're just, you know, friends, and they, you're just texting, but then the, then the texting takes like, like a weird like turn, and you don't really know what to do. And this is what you say to yourself. You say to yourself, well, I, I, either, I either have to go with it or I have to be going for it because otherwise I'm going to be, you know, made fun of. You know, I have to go with it even though I might not be comfortable with it. I have to go with it because, if, you know, this is what, you know, is wanted of me in order to stay feeling loved and accepted and feeling like I belong. I got to do it. And all my friends are doing it, so I got to do it. Or, man, you feel like I have, to, I have to go for it. You know, if I don't go for it, everyone's going to call me names and make fun of me because I had the chance and I didn't do it. You know, here's the truth. It never just starts extreme. It always starts little by little. It starts by, and I remember for me, you know, it starts with, you know, oh, we're just, we're just going to hold hands. Like, it's totally cool. We're, just, we're holding hands, people. That's all we're going to do. Just be holding hands. So nice. Sweaty hands. Just be holding hands. And you're holding hands for a while, and that boundary is really good. You're only going to hold hands, but you get really comfortable in that boundary. And you're kind of holding hands, rubbing hands, and then you're like, wait, well, hold on. You know, if we're, not, we're doing really good. Maybe we could do, like, maybe we're not kissing. Kissing's pretty good. Yeah, I like kissing. This is fun. This is kind of slobbery, but don't worry about it. It's all right. You're, you'll learn. You'll figure it out. And, you know, you, and so you cross that line, and you're like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. You cross the line, and you're like, well, like, all right, I didn't explode. I'm not in trouble. Like, no one's mad at me. Like, we're good. And then you kind of just kind of keep living in the kissing world. And you kiss in, and it's whatever, and things are good. And, and then you, you see the next boundary, and the next boundary that feels so far away gets really close really fast. And now it's not just, you know, holding hands. Now it's the next boundary. You know, now you're, you know, in a movie theater and it's dark and no one's around and you're like, and you feel like the pressure to cross another line. 
Or you're at home and your parents aren't home and you're kind of un- cuddled under the blanket watching a movie and you're like, and you're there. Like that boundary that felt so far away is now like right in front of you. And, and you don't know what to do and you, and you say to yourself, well, how did I get here? And for the people that have gone that way, listen, I've gone that way. And I look back at that, not with a lot of joy and happiness. I look back at that with a lot of regret personally. A lot of shame and guilt that I had to work through. Like I had to like, talk with people to work through feeling the way I felt. And you might look at me and be like, oh, Justin, you're just like, you know, you're just being crazy. No, 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 I'm not. And if you've traveled that road, if you've been pressured into something and you walk away, you don't walk away from that feeling great. You walk away from that feeling bad. You know, here's the thing that I want you to hear. If that's you, like we should talk. You should talk to your parents. You should talk to me. You should talk to another leader because that isn't how anyone should feel. You know, here's my hope for why we're talking about sex. I want, and I want you to write this down, I want us to develop a healthy attitude towards sex. Sex is not a topic that we should never talk about. Sex isn't a topic that we should avoid. Developing a healthy conversation, a healthy attitude towards sex is what we need. Does that mean we're going to talk about it every week in junior high? That's not what it means. But it means that when it comes up, you guys should feel comfortable to bring it up. And that when it comes up, you know who to go to. Go to your parents. Come to me. Go to a leader. But heaven's sakes, don't go to someone your own age. If you have questions and you're curious and you don't know something, I guarantee you someone your age doesn't know either. And whatever they're going to tell you is wrong. I guarantee you. You know, why is sex an important topic? Because it's true. This is the bottom line. Because sex is good. Because God made it to be good. And sex is powerful. It is a powerful thing. How we treat it and where we put it in our life, it matters. So here's what I want to do. We're going to have some leaders and some staff come up. If you have a question, I don't know how we're going to gather these questions, Kristen, Kristen, but someone's going to gather them. They're going to gather questions, and we're going to have some leaders and some staff come up, and we're going to go through them. And here's my hope for this, okay? Here's my hope. The, the questions are going to be pink and they're going to be blue. So as we're reading them, you're going to know just by the color of the question, if it's a boy question or a girl question. Here's my hope. Boys, I want to give you guys the opportunity to have a little, little bit of a window in, anonymously, of course. It's anonymous, so we don't know who wrote the question. A little bit of a window into the things that girls think about. We don't, we, you don't get that opportunity that often because, you know, you're boys. And girls, the same thing. I want to give you guys an opportunity to get a little window in to what boys think about and the questions that they ask. Now, here's what I think. I think that you're going to see, because we're not going to get to all the questions. Hey, bring it up, Kirlin. Uh, I think you're going to see that a lot of people have very similar questions, and that's a good thing. And I think you're going to see that some people are thinking or wondering the same things you're thinking or wondering, and we're going to get into it. Does that sound good? Here, I'll take them. I'll take them. I'll read them off. You guys get up here. All right, here we go. Here's a couple girl ones. Okay, this is a totally legitimate question. Uh, how old were you when you had it? Don't don't lie. So I'll I'll go first, and you guys go, you know be honest, but you know you guys know what to do. Uh, I was I was 17. It was absolutely, for me, a progression of steps that I took that got me to where I was. There was a lot of regret around that. 
I look back on it not with joy, but with sadness, but I was 17, so that's my answer. My answer is I have not yet, and I am 28. Nice. That takes a lot of patience and self-control. I'm, yes. uh, I'm in the same boat as Kristen. I'm 24, and I have not yet. I come from a family where my parents actually forced their marriage because my mom was pregnant with my brother before they were married, and I just saw um, God's plan is way better than the, the other plan, being impatient. And so I always was like, I'm going to wait for the right time for God's timing. Um, yeah, I'm similar. I'm 20 years old and I haven't. Um, and I, if I'm honest, like there's been moments where boundaries have been passed in ways that are inappropriate. And I know that it's con I'm constantly learning to like learn, learn those boundaries and figure that out. And I'm still learning. Um, but yeah. All right. So here's a question from a boy. Handwriting is very sloppy, but I will try. All right. What can you? What are the ways to lose your virginity? Are there different ways that you can use it? Is it bad before marriage? What would you guys say? Obviously, it's bad before marriage. Uh, Take a second part of that question. Yeah, use the microphone. Oh. Uh, I would say definitely bad before marriage. Uh, I would know because I did before marriage, and I do regret it. Uh, I would uh, say definitely wait till marriage. What was the second part of the question, Justin? Uh, is, it the, is sex the only way to lose your virginity? I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, this is what I think the question is. I think the question is, how far is too far? I think that, that they, there's a lot of things wrapped up in sex. Uh, how far is too far? I think that's the question they're asking. Kristen, what do you think? Before Kristen gets there, I think how far is too far? I think it's, it's more than just the question. There's a deeper issue there. Of what are you thinking you can get away with? Uh, and and how, when you say how far is too far, you know, what, what are you willing to hide? What are you willing to not share? What are you, you know, how far, you know, when I was growing up, the how far is too far question was always entered with, well, if you think you've gone too far or you're asking that question, you've already gone too far. But it's more than just a question. Like I said, it's the deeper issue of what are you, what are you wanting to get away with? And if it's something that you're wanting to hide, then you've probably gone too far. Absolutely. Um, I can add on to that too in saying that uh, just being wise in the decisions that you're making um, because uh, even though I have not had sex yet, there are some things that I've done that I do regret on the sexual realm um, and that's something that's very real and something that I've had to deal with a lot of guilt with because in my eyes, I did go too far and I crossed boundaries and I did things that I regretted and those weren't wise decisions because they caused a lot of pain. Um, and I feel like when you're in the moment, you don't really realize how painful they are until you've actually done it. And then you're like, oh my gosh, like I shouldn't have done that. And I wish I would have waited. Um, so even if it's not sex and it's something else, then that's definitely something that um, is hard to walk through as well. As Christians, right? Well, this is a Christian church. Yes. You guys are at the right place. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Jesus talks about this and he actually says the craziest thing, really. He says, if you look, guys, this is for you. He says, if you look at a woman with lust in your heart, 
If you undress her with your eyes, then you've already committed adultery, essentially. Now, that, that basically is Jesus' way of saying it's not about the action. It's about the heart behind it. It's about are you treating another human being's body as sacred or are you trying to take something that doesn't belong to you? Because uh, a, a man's or a woman's sexuality is something that God has given to them as a gift and for us to just treat it like it's something we can do whatever we want with, that's the, the, the part that Jesus cares about. He wants us to respect each other and to be patient and to follow his plan. It's not about the deed, it's about the heart behind it. Does that make sense? Yeah? Any nods? No? Okay. Okay, more questions. So here's one, and this will be the last one. So my friends talk about having sex when they're juniors or seniors. So, you know, they're, they feel like they're old enough then. Uh, and I don't know what to say to try and change their minds because I don't want them to regret it. What would you say to that? Um, uh, I have, I have a friend that, uh, she, she had a ton of sex all the time in high school, uh, and she ended up getting pregnant when, like, right after high school, because she started so young, and then she was just like, yeah, I'll do whatever I want, and she got pregnant with a kid, and it kind of, like, turned her world around. I had a couple friends, actually, that got pregnant prematurely, um, but that kid is actually really, really cool. So here's the thing, is that waiting for God's timing really makes life more wonderful and more beautiful and peaceful, and it's the way we were meant to live. Um, but there are people who don't follow God's plan, but he can always bring some kind of beauty out of that. But the best way to do it is to follow God's timing, and that's for marriage. So I think the best thing you can do for them is just model to them what that could look like, what purity, what patience could look like, because more, more than your words, your life will speak to them. That's great. Hey, we got to wrap up because your parents are probably already waiting for you and excited. So here's the thing. This is what I want to say. We didn't get to every question. That's why we do life groups. If you're not in a life group, you should get in one. These are leaders you can always talk to. You can always talk to me. And more importantly, you should always be able to talk to your parents. I know you might feel it's weird, but it's not weird. I talk to my mom about it all the time. It's awesome. So let me pray for you, and then we're going to leave you did great, Gavin. Good job. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Um, you are so good. Thanks for the lesson, the time to talk about this, uh, that it's not a topic that we're afraid of or that we just don't want to talk about and, and just, you know, figure it out later. No, no, this is something that, God, that you talk about and you want us to know about now. Um, we thank you and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, I'll see you all next week. Have fun. <laughs>